Welcome to the Long Haul Mini Doors podcast with me, your host, Narendra Basin, with guests, mystery stories, invitations to dream up our new world, my own personal stories, and sometimes guided meditations and real talk. I'm so grateful to be your host here in the Long Haul as we discover together just how wonderful living and death awareness can be. Hi, everybody. This is Narinder Basin, and I've got a few things I'd like to talk about. So I decided to put it in a podcast. This is my first stab at recording a podcast. And well, technically, it's my second, but it's a redo of the first one. And I'm excited to see how this goes, how it flows for me. I'm really curious about this whole podcast thing. I was, um, this morning I was working on a blog post. I was sitting down on my sofa with my mushroom coffee. I was truly, I was drinking mushroom coffee, uh, sitting there with my mushroom coffee, trying to give up real coffee and was writing my blog post, um, that is, about the things that I've been thinking about lately in regards to death work and death midwifery. And I was finding myself getting really frustrated with the whole process of writing. I was frustrated with my dyslexia, the grammar, just thinking, oh my gosh, this is such a process for me to sit down and do all of this and then have someone edit it. And it's just this back and forth. And then I was thinking about how much I actually like listening to podcasts and I've got a few favorites. I'm a fan. I'm fangirling out over a few people right now. I'm loving their podcasts and I love to listen to their podcasts while I'm driving, while I'm cleaning, while I'm doing this and that, while I'm relaxing and I don't have to sit and stare at something and read something. And I thought, you know what? Let me see what it's like for me to open my computer take out my microphone and press record and see what happens. So here we are. Thank you so much for being in this messy process with me and having grace around um, my learning curves here with this whole podcast thing. So let me get started for real, for real. I have so much to say about death midwifery and so much to say about the holistic death care movement and so much to say about dying in America that sometimes it is overwhelming. All of the thoughts that I have, the ideas, um, the theories, the stories, so, so much sometimes can be so overwhelming And I know that some of the things that I have to say are things that some people may find really freaking helpful. And so here we go. That's like the third introduction (laughs) to what I'm going to (laughs) say. All right. All right. All right. So sitting down, trying to write the podcast, it was not flowing. It was not working for me. And here I am recording. I 
want to talk to you, the general public, about death work. And I want to talk to you, death workers, about what we are asking the general public to do, think, feel about our work. I asked a group of people last week who have never worked with a death worker before. And when I say death worker, that is the umbrella phrase for, or umbrella name for death midwife, death doula, death companion, grief companion, home funeral guide, all these people coming up right now in the holistic death care movement. That's what I mean when I say death worker. I asked these people who have never worked with a death worker before what they think the benefits of working with a death worker at the end of life would be. What do you think the benefits of hiring a death worker would be? If you've never worked with one, I'm so curious to know what you think the benefits of having a death worker around on your team, hiring one, whatever, would be. And the answers I got were were awesome. They were amazing. They were honest. And I'll tell you what, one of them was so inspiring. Few of the answers that I got were, we would definitely want to have a death worker to help guide us through the whole end of life care process. We would want a death worker, death midwife, death doula to be there to help us with grief support. We would want a death worker around so that we could know all of our end-of-life options. We would want a death worker around to guide us through the whole process. One of them even said, "We, I wish I would have known about death workers back when we had two losses in the family. And one of them said that they are confused by the... I'm going to rephrase some of the things they said so it makes sense here. But they are confused by this whole holistic death care worker movement because they don't know exactly what it is that we do. And they felt that if the industry, the death worker industry, could have a succinct way of describing our work for people, that it would actually serve the industry and it would help the general public. And I was so, as I said, I'll say it again because I was so, so, I was so, so inspired by this person's answer because I think about this often and I've seen it over the past six, seven, eight years that I've been doing this work, that the work of the death workers is so vast and each death worker comes to this work with their own unique perspective on the work, their ideas, their own unique calling to the work, that it is really confusing to the general public about what it is exactly that we death midwives, death doulas, and death companions are doing. The... Question that get asked get, gets asked a lot. I've seen it as uh, news article headlines. I've seen it as posts on social media. The, the question, what is a death doula? The shorthand answer 
that we hear often to that question is a death doula is someone who provides non-medical support at the end of life. That's the answer that we have seemed to land on for the general public. And while that answer is a thousand percent true, it fails to describe or even name the vastly different distinctions in the death workers' offerings and work. And so if you just have the phrase, a death doula provides end-of-life non-medical support at the end of life, a death doula provides non-medical support at the end of life, okay, totally true, but that would lead leave someone in the general public to go, well, do I really need that? Do I really need extra support? What kind of support? Non-medical support. Okay, what's spiritual? Okay, yeah, but still that's kind of vague. Um, end of life planning? Okay, advanced planning? Yes, but the, still that's, that's still kind of vague. And <clears throat> so... We kind of, this whole movement is, is got kind of this, um, it's got kind of a slow momentum to it. And I think a part of that is because part of the slowness is because it is confusing to the general public about what exactly death workers are doing. And After doing this for so long myself, doing death midwifery for so long myself in vastly different death and dying spaces and training, intimately training other death workers through my apprenticeship and mentoring death workers all over the globe, Italy, Alberta, Canada, Australia, Germany, France, After talking with so many death workers, mentoring so many, doing the work myself, I can say with full certainty that the movement is moving at the pace that it's moving because the general public is being asked to reframe the way they see holistic care as transactions. I don't think that it would serve the holistic death care movement if we were able to come up with one clean line to explain what it is that we do. Because you can say that what I do and what other death workers do is provide non-medical support at the end of life, but that is failing to 
factor in the death workers who are available for people who have suffered sudden traumatic loss, the people who have suffered murder as loss, uh, people who have been grieving the loss of a child 27 years ago, the people who are suffering grief because of climate collapse and the people who are suffering grief because of systemic pressure, the people who have been suffering because of oh, X, Y, and Z. Death work encompasses all of the things that death touches. That's everything. Everyone is a death worker in some way. Death work is so vast. There are death workers who solely focus their work on climate collapse. There are death midwives who focus their work on grief support for people who are suffering loss of identity, loss of dreams, loss of financial stability. There are death midwives who support people through those terminal transitions in their life as well as supporting people who are going through a death, a physical death. They'll do both. I'm one of them. I do both. So death workers are focusing on anything that death touches. There are some death workers who are completely passionately focused on green burial. They're not, they're not, you know, in, in they're not working in hospitals. They're not working really in people's homes. They're, they're people who get into death work. May, they may call themselves a doula. They, can, they may call themselves any of those things, but they get into this work and they are completely focused on green burial. And then you have death workers who are completely focused on education. Everything in their death work is all about education. There are death workers, death midwives who solely focus on educating uh, parents, how to talk to their children about death and dying. It is so vast. And every death worker comes to this work in a unique way. I have an apprenticeship and I, I think you can even read this on my website. It says there are no two death workers alike. I've seen this happen. There are no two death workers alike. And so you get people that hear about this work 
And they're thinking, oh, it's like, you know, having a birth doula. It's like having someone there at the birth to help you and support you during that time. And well, yes, it is like a birth doula. A death doula does do that at the end of life. They are there physically or emotionally. They are there. They are available to that family when that person is dying. That's absolutely true. But unlike a birth doula, a death doula, their work may span from uh, someone who's just thinking about death anxiety at the age of 21 and they're completely healthy and they want to talk to someone about death anxiety. So they hire that death doula and then that, and then another client for that death doula can be someone who's a caregiver who's taking care of their parent all alone and they need some extra hands. And then someone else can contact that death doula and they want to have help with some advanced, some advanced um, end of life care planning. I I hope that in the past few minutes of me talking that that you've gotten an idea of what I'm what I'm talking about when I'm talking about the vastly different distinctions in all of the death workers work from one death worker to another. So this is where I'm landing with all of this. I'm stepping forward and I'm going to ask the general public, (laughs) probably the 15 people that listen to this podcast, (laughs) 17, maybe 17. (laughs) I'm going to ask the general public to please consider that what these death workers are doing and this holistic death care movement is offering a service that they have never seen before. And that if they are used to transactions with service providers, being absolutely quantifiable, is that a word, quantifiable, able to be quantified? If people are used to hiring people for services that they they know exactly what they're going to get for exactly this amount of money or they're going to get exactly this thing for exactly this amount of donation. If they're used to that, I'm asking them to consider that there's a different way of economy that there's an alternative way being born of being born in regards to working with people and hiring people that you need in your corner, people that you need. If you're so um, inclined to take my invitation, I'm inviting the general public to consider that death work is this holistic death care movement, 
the death workers in this holistic death care movement are simultaneously midwifing the way we go about business in our society. And the death workers as a whole are asking the general public to understand that death in and of itself is so vast, is abstract, all of the timing around death unpredictable, unless it's, uh, that's a different podcast, unpredictable. We don't know how it's going to go. We don't know what we need. We don't know what services are out there. We don't know this and we don't know that. Death is so, so vast. And death workers are midwifing the cultural norm around transactions. We're asking our communities to understand that what we're offering them through our death work may feel abstract. And may operate off of implications and may be marketed through intimacy and authentic expression and may not be so easily packaged. Bing, 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 put into these little boxes and check marks and forms and that sort of thing so that people can really understand exactly what it is that we're doing so that it can be a sellable product. We're asking, I'm asking, I'm speaking for many death workers I know, and I'm sure there's going to be death workers that think this is hogwash, but whatever, I'm speaking for myself and many, many, many death workers when I say, we're asking you, the general public, to consider that death work as it is now, this holistic death care movement, as it is now, is asking to be allowed to move about in abstraction and flow, resonance, intimacy, and authentic expression. And if you know a death worker in your community, you are invited to step forward and ask them what it is exactly that they do. Because death is so vast. It is so big. The conversation is infinite. And death work, after so many years of doing this and training people, I can say death work 
is having a very impossible time being put into quantifiable categories. Death workers are doing phenomenal, phenomenal work. They're bringing healing to the death phobia in our society. They're bringing grief out of the shadows and up to the light. They're bringing so much healing, so much education, so much support for families, medical professionals, funeral professionals, communities. I cannot even tell you in this podcast, maybe it's a different one. I'll do another podcast about it. How this holistic death care movement is touching everything. And the slowdown I feel in the movement is because the movement can't fit into the ways we know business as usual. These death workers, take my word for it today, trust me today, trust me someday, but you'll know what I'm saying. These death workers are very, very valuable. They're valuable to your community. And they are a part of your community. <laughs> the death worker who is doing community care is also a part of that community and needs care. This, my first podcast, is an invitation to you, the general public, to just maybe, just maybe try opening up the parameters around what we expect when it comes to transactions and service. Unfortunately, for the general public, we can't put into one tiny little succinct phrase what it is that death workers do. They support, they, su they provide non-medical support at the end of life. Okay, that's our one phrase. That's the one thing we can give you. That's so vast. So just know that. That's what I wanted to say, man. Just know that. That's my heart speaking to you today. Bless you. Bless you on your journey. Bless us all.